वेलकम टू सिंटॉक द सिंटॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द ड्रीमी स्लीपी स्टेट्स विल थिंक अबाउट द नॉन वेकफुल स्टेट्स सच एज स्लीपिंग ड्रीमिंग एंड अदर सिमिलर स्टेट्स how crisp are the transitions into and away from sleep and dreams do some dreams mean something and what is their function how great it is sleep how and why is the perception of time different in these states why are these states less orderly and not more can dreaming happen without a brain would we dream if we didn't have any desires Why do our eyes move rapidly when dreaming? Why do we remember or forget some dreams? Would we be able to play back our dreams and what is the long-term future of our understanding of the dreamy sleepy states? We are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today. Sarla Kapoor she is a practicing psychoanalyst with interest in mental health she is based in Calcutta Professor Birendranath Malik he is a professor of neurobiology in JNU New Delhi his research interest is in neural mechanisms functions and regulation of REM sleep and Tara Sabarwal she is a painter and she believes that painting gives her access to her unconscious she is based in new york so tara why don't we set the ball rolling with you um presumably you're a visual person uh, you see in images maybe um presumably also dream every now and then um so as a phenomenologist and as 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 just a person who kind of experiences both the wakeful and the dreamy sleepy kind of state um are the dreams somewhat similar to um to the wakeful state and how you perceive the world how you apprehend the world how does it feel how does it look what's the visuality like for you for your dreams one is not asking an abstract metaphysical question Mhm. Um well that's to be honest I must say I have dreams and sometimes they overlap a lot with reality. Mm-hmm. I I I guess this is a common thing with people but I do have dreams that uh that are potent with meaning and symbolism but but they are very visual as well and they're very much to do with with color and experience. Uh, the experience of color because i am as a painter uh, more of a colorist mm-hmm. so uh, uh so my dreams are like my waking life it's mm. it's rich with what my waking life uh, uh sense of the world is mm-hmm. uh how orderly is it is it is it all nice and lawful and regulated or things break down is it weird is it surreal or is it is it fine everything makes sense while you're asleep uh no uh, of course not i mean it's like a sure. range you know like all kinds of ranges but uh uh 
I, I, I guess I have dreams like everybody has of anxieties of life and, um, and things like that. But, uh, uh, so these are peopled, there are people, you know, yeah. there are places, you know, yeah. there are experiences you've experienced elsewhere. Right. You know, I just thought of something that, um, I moved to America maybe 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was, for a long time, my dreams used to be always set in my grandmother's house. Oh. So that's like... A, in Delhi? In Delhi. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for that setting to change. Mm-hmm. And then the dreams are also set in another house that we lived in. And that still happens today. So um, I think uh, the one thing is, like the first thing I said was the color, which my dreams are full of. Because as a painter, I'm a colorist. But also the space, I would say. The space so, so your grandmother's house in your dream, yeah. was it a replica of the of the real house? Did it look yes, I more or less in, yes, like? Yeah. Like like recently I had a dream that it was set in my uh, in the house we lived in very, very early from the age of uh, till five years old we lived there. Mm-hmm. And in that house there used to be um, two rooms, and in the middle of a ro- of the two rooms, there was a connecting passageway, mm-hmm. which was not a room. And I remember as a child thinking this is like a magical area mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's it's just a place where all the doors opened. Mm-hmm. But I never rationalized it as such. But um, but if you close all the doors, it becomes a room. Right. And I kept dreaming of this thing, and of course, then I saw that what I was dreaming of was of being in a place in transition or. I translated it as a symbol of something. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. sometimes space is a very interesting, uh, uh, the architectural spaces of... Uh, and, and have there been dreams where you've been to places you haven't been to in real life? I mean, how much of it is imaginary? Mm, I, I don't well, know if I can answer that. I mean, right. I, I have to think more specifically, but they might have been, but I... Uh, and 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 Bireen, if we we are obviously starting in a somewhat personal kind of territory, but is dream more or less? And I know it's simplistic uh, when posed this way, but is it a process of accessing memory which is already encoded? And what's the interplay between the two? Um, is is it obviously we see things in our dreams which we haven't experienced before? There is the hypothetical, the imaginary, the the non-real, the non-experienced already. But what's the interplay with memory? I, I think this is a, one of the most complex questions that you have been asking. Mm. But the way I would like to put at it is like, certainly it is related to memory because quite often you dream which has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the question you are asking, how do we dream something which has never happened? Yep. Now, this goes back, if you fundamentally ask the question, it's like a two-thought process or the concept in knowledge, whether the material has come first or the thought has come first. That is a philosophic question, which is like a chicken and egg question, Hmm. which we have not resolved as yet. Hmm. But things wouldn't come unless the thought process has come. Mm Mm-hmm. Therefore, we think the dream is coming only where the memory is there, where where the brain is there, where the thought process goes on. We are not saying the dream is there in the liver cell or the skin cell or the muscle cell. Yeah. 
if that be so then we can easily divide this into the experienced dream and a non-experienced dream what is non-experienced dream so when we mean that what i mean by that is it something has happened as a fundamental basal level and then you have an offshoot of it mm-hmm. which we say that how do you think and evolve into a concept now it is something similar to like your thought process when you are designing a computer computer didn't come just like a computer you knew maths then you went into it how the binary system will be there and then you developed a calculator and then you processed into it why do we have to be asleep to and when we think of dream in the more conventional sense what's the link with sleep why do we dream when we sleep more or less of course i mean we'll go to the daydreaming territory a little bit later but in the more conventional dictionary sense uh, what's the link between the two before i answer to this to yes. complete what the question you had asked earlier yes so if the thought process is there is it that we are replaying the thought process in one of the states which is so called dream mm-hmm. now since we do not know as such even today what is the thought process in experimental sense but we do say quote unquote thought process but we cannot show it the closest we can think of a thought process is it it is like a hologram in a 3d picture that you are experiencing so when you say thought process you mean cognition anything you can think of mm-hmm. it could be a cognition or it could be the extension of it will be in the dream state right where the so called that cognition is a state of cognition but it is not in that sense sure now the point is first thing is we do not know as such we can only presume the way thing is it is expressed at certain level and whenever we are trying to express certain level like if i am trying to express myself for you if the background noise is too much you wouldn't be able to hear right similarly if i am trying to express something we need to express something to ourselves to get it expressed mm-hmm. that is how so it has to do with the fact that the body is at rest when asleep does it no no that that is second question even whenever we want to think something suppose you want to think you can think something suppose you want to get up and walk you can think but you may not be able to execute the function that means you have to express it to yourself first and what to do mm-hmm. this expression is needed to express yourself if the background is too high you cannot express it to yourself as well the way i said if the background noise is too much even if i want to speak or i speak you will not be able to hear so for anything that we do we have to first do background subtraction and or we try to analyze in a manner and we keep on doing overlapping onto the system so that you get a peak that is how we do the system any analysis now if we do so during your waking period there are not only external inputs into the brain through all over the body and all our senses sure 
it is there from your internal beat, body temperature, hormonal changes, heart rate, and all other inputs are going. Sure. So the noise level is so high that the very low intensity input or the thought process, even if it is there, it is not getting expressed. Mm-hmm. Which is going down during your sleep process. Therefore, that part gets expressed. Possibly that is what is the dream state which is coming. Therefore... So when you say intensity, what do you mean? When you say low intensity, what does that mean in more concrete... uh, That is what I am saying. Like, suppose I am speaking to you in a whispering voice. You are unable to hear... I I think I get the analogy. What's the non-analogical real thing? What is happening real? Yes. That is what I said. When you get a lot of inputs, like through sensory stimulation... It is getting exposed onto the brain. That's fine. So when you say low intensity, you mean low intensity of thoughts? No, the inputs. Mm -hmm. Like you are pinching. Mm -hmm. That is the intensity of stimulation going to your brain. That is what you are thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So when you are sleeping, all this gets cut off. That's fine. So if that gets cut off, the background noise is going down. Yeah. So in the thought process in your brain, that is coming up. If that is coming up during sleep certain stage, that is what dream sleep. Now the question is, why is it coming at not throughout the night? So if you look at somebody sleeping uh, as, a, as a laboratory subject, can you say whether the, he or she is dreaming? Yes. You can say the subject thing that dreaming is taking place, uh-huh. which we say in the REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. Uh-huh. We do not know the content of it. The sure. content so far, we, the science doesn't know, but you can extrapolate that yes, the dreaming is taking place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But therefore, in order to know this subject, one thing is REM sleep, Another is dream sleep. My way of thinking, these are two components, they superimpose. But dreams always happen during REM sleep. So far we knew the dream is coming only during REM sleep. But now we know dreams may come during non-REM sleep as well. Uh However, the dreams that we can recollect after waking is more or less coming during REM sleep. Usually we do not recollect or it's a very vague memory about dream during non-REM sleep. This is what experimental verification and proof, even in humans. Sure. Now, why is it coming during dream sleep? We can only postulate. And that is what, even in my articles I have written, including in REM sleep, where I have talked about what do we learn from our old literature, be it from uh, Vedic and Upanishadic view to the modern science. Can that help? And that is how I have tried to give an explanation that possibly Thuria state is talking about it, but there is no neural explanation. But at least what I tried to explain that gives at least testable hypothesis. Yes, it can be rejected, but it has a testable hypothesis there. that Possibly that is happening. And I tried to explain why is dreams content coming only during certain stage of REM sleep or deep sleep so-called REM sleep why in other stages it cannot come sure we'll get we'll get back to that Biren 
and and uh, sarla when you have somebody on your couch when as a psychoanalyst uh, it looks like a lot of the memories lost of the dream even if one has it in a somewhat faithful kind of way um how do you decide whether the reproduction or the recollection of the dream actually memories are never lost mm. they are preserved all the time in the treasure memory traces in the unconscious it is always there mm-hmm. like uh, right from the evolution even in some patients uh, not not patients students who are doing very deep uh, psychoanalysis mm-hmm. they can go back to their animal state when they are omnivorous hunting you know doing something like that it may appear that you mean that a, in a metaphorical way uh, what do you mean by animal state of animal state stuff? means they are hunting for their food they are having very primitive kind of nude nude primitive life living in a ghetto something like that and they are very much afraid of their that But mental is, state isn't this the imaginary territory could be hmm. could be it is an imagination it is not imagination it is a kind of fantasy working with sure. them like sure. nowadays you must be hearing about the past life therapy and all that for me it is actually the fantasy working Sure. on the basis of their long forgotten memory so for me forgetting is never a forgetting but sarla for a second if we stick to the again the dictionary definition of dream the dream that we see when we're asleep okay. uh, so you're saying that all of that is stored somewhere and it's a re- retrieval yeah. problem yeah so it's stored somewhere we it call is it we call it the unconscious the memory traces we call it uh, unconscious hmm. and uh, it does come with our uh, day to day experience get it punched with the older experience and that is why dreams are always hallucinatory in the pictorial form and goes beyond time and space mm-hmm. and when you are dreaming there is no time and space sense of time and space that dimension is not there because all the present experience gets punched with the old experience and this is how the collage of the dream is formed what do you mean punched is a condensation punch means condensation like many elements are condensed in one form and then you see a picture of dream but it's when you say there is a sense of time it's a different there is of, no sense of there time. is no sense of time so in there the, is no temporality to dreams no, there is no sequence no sequence apparently there is no sequence brain is is that i mean what does that make sense to you i mean does does what's what's the notion of time and i and i know you don't deal with the content of dreams so i get that part and clearly dreams happen in time so there is some duration would would it be fair to say that dreams have duration see the point is would i mean would what would you say to that sir like would you say that dreams have a duration it may be short or long but do they have a duration is, uh, there are duration because generally rem sleep is a very short period of time hmm. and the dream duration is not more than 7 to 9 seconds it gets interrupted when you think that you are having whole night you dreamt there are interruptions in their time and there are fragmentaries of the dreams that you connect so there is a common a thread in the different dreams but is it like a movie or it's a picture album it's like a movie it's like a movie it's like a celluloid movies so when you the, say there is no sense of time i'm no still not able to reconcile the two um, clearly no something happens after one happens after another so there is some no, flow no it is not time. like that when a when a, a patient reports dream maybe he is reporting to me in a very haphazard way 
and not in a sequence, sequence that dream has no there is no sequence so again is that a retrieval problem or is is that the nature of the dream itself i'm not suggesting you it know it it is the problem of retrieval no doubt but it is the nature of the dream as well because dream comes only when something is not resolved in the mind there is always a conflict and it is not resolved and so from the past history of that person when it gets connected with the present history he is unable to work it out then it comes out in the form of dream this is how dream by the nature of the dream i can understand how the patient is improving how he is improving dreams gives me that uh, index because mm-hmm. the nature of the dreams changes like what like uh, what uh, is the sign of improvement uh, like sometimes uh, a very sick patient who is mentally very sick taking medicines and all that mm-hmm. they really don't report dreams you have to train them how to keep note of the dream you write it down and then you report that to but me next day when dream. you come but they do dream they don't report it they don't recollect they don't it. remember because they don't want to remember their those conflicting areas do of do we life. always dream do we always dream in every every night when we go to sleep do we dream is it is it fair to say that we always dream in every every see if every we, sleepy state has a dream constituent however short along doesn't matter but would it be fair to say that we always dream see the point is first thing we have to understand what are we talking about dream dream is the so called the vivid expression part that which you might be registering in your cognitive conscious feeling sure now if it is coming can it come in no other state what we are saying it is coming during sleep mm-hmm. then only we are saying it is dream and what we can see biologically a state what we are defining as rem sleep which is recordable are there other people patients or an- other animals who don't have rem sleep at all so far what we know in mammals mm-hmm. it has gone even in uh, platypus mm-hmm. and echidna Mm-hmm. about which has evolved about 175 million years ago mm-hmm. and the work has been done by Jerry Siegel which is platypus still existing in Australia mm-hmm. what he has recorded that those platypus has during so called sleep the eye movements exist but their eeg don't go into desynchronization so and therefore so it has been contemplated that in case of when the mammals it has evolved that we are having that type of rem sleep right we cannot say whether they're dreaming or not because we are talking about dreaming is the content part sure but if we say rem sleep is there mm-hmm. we expect it will be there what is desynchronization in this context that is an eeg desynchronization so how is rem sleep de- defined it was first defined by asarinsky Mm-hmm. In 1953, there is a science paper. What he showed that during sleep part, at certain stage of sleep, when the EEG is synchronized, which is known as high voltage lower frequencies, it suddenly turns into desynchronization, means lower voltage higher frequency. Got it. Mm. Which is something like during awake. Sure. But the eye movements which were not there, the eye starts moving. but the muscles especially the neck and the limb muscles the anti gravity muscles which becomes totally atonic these are the fundamental principles by which you can 
understand whether somebody is going into REM sleep or not. What you, Tara, you had been asking me during the lunch time, this is what we can classically see. And that is what I said, I can show you slide. We record in the labs all these in a freely behaving animal. For this, we put the electrodes there in the animal. The same thing can be done in humans. So that is what people do for whole night sleep recording for patients. This is how you define whether at what stage sleep is and whether REM sleep is there or not. Once you have it, you expect somebody is dreaming. And how does somebody know how that? How does one verify that? Exactly. That is why I was just coming to. Yeah. Then you can, people have been waken up and then asked, oh, then the people describe, not only the patients, the normal subjects. Why do we forget dreams? Okay, so now the point is, it is not the why do we forget. The point is, the same question can be asked, then why do we remember? Yeah, sure, it's the same question. No, it's not the same. Forgetting means once it has been registered actively. Why like, are we not able to retrieve it? Not only retrieve. The point is whether it has been registered or not. Sure. For example, here the chocolate is there in the can. First thing I have to put it. Sure. Now, if I have not put it in, I cannot retrieve. Sure. The question is whether I have been able to put in there. So, when we say so, the point is we need to know the structure and function. Has it already been put in? If it has not been put in, then we need to know how the memory forms or how does the thought process forms. So, Biren, what's the answer? How do we know whether somebody has dreamt? Yeah, that is what. You can wake the person and ask, what was he or she dreaming? But then that becomes a subjective feeling. Like, even if I was going into REM sleep, if you wake me up and ask me, if I was dreaming a rose, I say it is cow, you wouldn't know that. Yes. But, and I may say that I was not dreaming. But then you have to depend on this type of knowledge. However, what people have seen, for example, when the eyes were rolling horizontal, people have said that one was following it, the tennis play, the ball, one was tracking the tennis ball. Sure. Similarly, if somebody's the eyes were rolling up and down, somebody was dreaming, was falling from a cliff, and or one was tracking something falling. That's fine. Based on these information, you have drawn an interpretation. But why it is happening and what type of thing as a fundamental, the structure-based correlation, we do not. Tara, do your dreams have um, sound in them? Um, yeah, I think so. Do people speak? Yeah, I think so. so. There are sounds there. I mean, I have to remember a specific Yeah, one. sure. I'm not suggesting that yeah. you kept yeah, a faithful yeah. record of all yeah. your dreams, but um, yeah. we get the visual part a little bit. Yeah. Is there a correlation between, is is it a coincidence or is it incidental that there is rapid eye movement and dreams are largely visual? I mean, do dreams have sound in them? Do dreams have sound in them? What do your patients report? No. They don't have they sound? Don't, uh, no. Except those who are handicapped by uh, speech, uh, those who cannot and see blind you, and speech you, defect people. And you're saying that rigorously, Sarla. There is yeah. no sound in no dreams. Otherwise, there is no sound. No words. Even. No words. It's a pictorial formation. So people don't, I mean, whoever, whoever inhabits a dream, mm. they don't talk? They don't talk. That is why but we have to say it later on in words. Right. Because unconscious has no word presentation. Mm. 
It's only in pictorial form. What does that mean? Unconscious has no word presentation. Like it's only a picture of the object. Mm-hmm. The child does not know the name of that uh, object. So when dream comes, you are digressing to that unconscious label, which is not word presentation. The child has not learned the verbalization, verbal articulation of that object. Do kids dream? Yes, they do. Like a one-year-old would it's dream. It's only wish fulfillment dreams or reflexive dream. What What does like that mean? If they are deprived of something, they will dream of that because basically, dream like comes from memory. Like it can only be things only. like can only be things like food or milk, right? Anything, when you're a child. anything can be. Mm-hmm. It's a wish fulfillment in any case. Because mm. if there is no memory, there will be no dream. If there are no desires, desire will always be there. Because as he was saying, Dr. Malik, that uh, uh, why do we remember things and why do we forget dreams? The answer is same. This is because of the survival value. If you learn everything and you will forget everything, you will not survive. And the same is true for dreams also. If you will remember your dream without knowing the meaning of the dream, your mental health will be at stake. You will be anxious. Why I dreamt like this? And it will haunt you for the day. Mm-hmm. So it has got the survival value. So in a eight-hour long sleep or seven-hour long sleep, one would dream for a minute. No, it is a cyclic. It is in the cyclic order. That's why. Uh, if we are sleeping for uh, uh, six hours, mm. there is a one and a half hours, or maybe more or less like that. He is Dr. Malik will be able to show more sure. accurately that there is a cycle of non-rapid so eye movement and rapid eye movement. In between, there is a lucid time, and before you wake up, there is a lucid time. So it comes in the cyclic order. Yes, Tara. I was just going to uh, say that um, I I have had dreams where. I have had like I completely get what you you yeah. uh, I I you know what you said about the timelessness of yeah. dreams. So it's like like a picture of something, mm-hmm. and the picture can be of somebody saying something to me, mm-hmm. and it's not even that I hear the words as a sort of timeless moment when that is done. You know that that the person has communicated this to me, or or by a. Um, and so how uh, is that? And is another that, thing is like hmm. what you were saying earlier about like I often have dreams in three sets. <laughs> I don't know why it was like going on forever and I would write it down. So the first set would be that I've checked into a hotel mm-hmm. and I'm taking my clothes out, taking out the suitcase and putting, for example. Sure. The second would be something very different. The third would be very different. So it's in three, three but acts. Three timeless moments, you know, like... One picture, but timelessly, like a symbol of something much larger than itself. And one of them and could feel like a... And are they like a, to each other? And that would be my work to try and figure it out, you know, or to try and... But they, yes, there would be a connection or... And I don't know if there's a progression or a sequence or a story, but like... Uh, and, 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 and for you... Is there a way in which you go to that dreamy state sometimes, even as even when you're awake? Okay, so this is an interesting question. So there are two takes I'll take on this. One is as a painter, mm-hmm. when I'm painting, basically what I'm doing is uh, through the materiality of mixing paint and making lines and just just enjoying this like 
something that I'm in tune with, which of course is making beauty and I'm like, this is great, you know. Sure. Through that experience, it's a little bit like being in a psychoanalyst's couch and just having free association, just talking, talking, talking. And then you just hit on a sort of state, which I don't know if that is a dream state, but it's definitely not the conscious state. Mm -hmm. But you just dip on something where you are, um, I can say, more in touch with an unconscious or what Dr. Malik was saying that it's a state where, um, you know, this Indian analogy that you take the veils off. So mm-hmm. the 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 noise, as you called it, the noise is taken off and I can see clearer, you know. Mm. So it's not additive or subtractive, but you just are in touch. Mm. If, if you can imagine the dream and, and, state, and, and, unconscious and, state to be there. And do you snap into that state? Is it... Is it sudden or yeah. or or it's more transitory? Is it gradual? So while painting, it is like I'm actually inducing it in a way. I don't know right. it, but I'm inducing it. So right. it's just like just drawing, drawing, drawing something and then I can flow into it. Right. But at the same time, I must admit by the nature of this state, it's something that pluck happens, you know. Mm. And it happens in a way almost like irreverently. You know, mm-hmm. not when I'm chasing it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do in my paintings is that I do the picture and then I keep it all around the up my apartment mm-hmm. and I keep it on the floor and I keep it in the kitchen in the backside and I put it upside down because suddenly when I'm passing, I see it. It's right. like, it's amazing. Sometimes I'm talking on the phone and my glance goes right, and I know what to do. Right. I mean, I by saying I know what to do, it's basically what I'm saying is I can see it. I can be there. I can tap there, you know? Mm. Mm. So it's really mysterious. And But mm. also on the other level, um, um, uh, while having my day-to-day life, um, just turning around or somebody going, I can just suddenly feel like I'm in another time, like a very oceanic sense of time. I don't know, like a, mm. like I'm in another altered consciousness where I just can be in that room that I was in my dream, like what I explained to you about being in my grandmother's room and finding that room. And that room is completely symbolic of like something very big. It's got the, it's got the key to... Right. So, so that kind of content of dream, sometimes it just, just comes to me. How snappy is it, Birin? Uh, this this transition from waking to sleeping, let's keep dreams out, and sleeping to waking, does it happen in a snap or it's, uh, I mean, how how does one graph it? How does one, what are the waveforms like? Or there could be other ways of thinking about it. We don't need to impose those analogies on you. No, uh, actually, if uh, we talk about waking to going into sleep, and when I mean sleep, I mean non-REM sleep. Sure. This is usually not a snappy state. Sure. And that happens a little gradual. However, if we are talking from non-REM to but why REM do, state... why do you say usually? It should, almost, it should always be non-snappy, right? I'm talking usually in the sense in a non-diseased. Right, okay. I'm talking usually in the sense in normal case. Sure. However, if we are talking about... REM sleep part mm-hmm. that quite often happens as a snappy but that's from non-REM to REM to REM 
it's it's it never goes from awake to rem directly no, right no that unlikely right. in a normal case right. except in some psychiatric disorder mm-hmm. or it happens during narcolepsy it is known well known there's also a disorder sure but what happens like i have the experience of recording in the rats as well as cats mm-hmm. non rem non rem non rem it's just like a switching so it's a switch you flick it and you go to rem it goes into rem right there is rem don't confuse with so called dream we get it it's possible that one is dreaming we've sorted but that but it is that why it is like but do cats dream yes they do because they will mew they will put their paws on they will scratch so they will smell all these are there therefore you experience and you expect they are dreaming of such things hmm. and this is not only now you have old literature even hunters and all they will say the hunting dogs are dreaming right because they do and they bark they run and all sorts of thing and that is what one of the explanations why during rem sleep the muscle atonia takes place so that the person or human is not injuring the co-partner or naturally <laughs> they are not going with the prey right that they should not go out of their den or something during dreaming process but besides that why the switching takes but they're sleep walking right that is disorder it's a disorder somnambulism it's a disorder first thing sure. we should know what is normal sure <laughs> now why does the snapping takes place at least for rem sleep then we have to come down to how does the neuron how do the neurons behave mm-hmm. at least we know of there is a rem on and rem off type of neurons sure and how do they interact and i have detailed worked out the mechanism sure that pos- how does that snapping taking place mm-hmm. so it can be correlated that way that why does the snapping and between equally place? the journey from rem to non rem is that snappy as well could be could be rem to non rem or rem to waking that can happen waking to rem does not happen but one can go from rem to waking directly waking, straight but ca- when when one was going from waking to non rem which doesn't which automatically means that you don't sleep into a dream no it can never happen it can never happen you can never sleep into a dream normal case That's in narcolepsy right. it does in psychiatric disorder it does right it can be um sarla can you impact the dream content can yeah. you can, can over a period of time if i come and tell you sarla that in the next one year I want to uh, see these kind of dreams. Uh, you can predict the content of the dream. I, I no. want to, to the extent possible, to the extent possible, no. to the to the extent possible, influence what I dream about. No, fluency is possible, but prediction is not. Influence, uh, influence is not possible that sense, but it is possible in the sense that uh, more your conflicts are resolved during the process of psychotherapy or psychoanalysis. Hmm. That is why I told you uh, before also. that the nature of the dream gets changed mm. the nature of the dream gets changed this is how you understand there is a pattern of less anxiety dream less scary dream less punishing dream and as what she was telling that it is like an a uh, trance like state as you were talking about the sleep walking and all that it's not the dream walking right. this is the sleep walking and this is the altered conscious state of mind like the shadow of yours which you cannot accept otherwise that comes in the form of that disease so is it possible to dream while sleepwalking so far know, maybe we uh, did not know what is sleepwalking as a medical terminology and the mechanism no no of course there is 
I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. There is somnambulism. That's, it that's, is a that's a name psychic for disease, it. name for the disease. But maybe we don't understand the mechanism for it. I I think I can understand the okay. mechanism of sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. When the intensity of the conflict is that much that the conscious mind cannot tolerate that. You might have heard the story of Jaquil and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> the serial killers, which the the people, they are never caught what they are doing sure. on the under the carpet. These are the people who work under the influence of unconscious. So unless they are they are consciously try to do that those things, you cannot caught them. Up, but never but Sarla, these we we using subconscious, unconscious, conscious as somewhat separate brackets. It's not separate. But they're somewhat porous, right? Because it yeah. often, not often, maybe sometimes Always. when you're dreaming, you're aware that you're dreaming for a very brief yeah. while. Mm-hmm. So there is some kind of an interplay between the two. There must yeah, be it is some... a fluid. It is not a structural uh, thing, categorical structure. It is mm. a fluid structure. Mm. So for the understanding, we categorize it like Conscious, unconscious and subconscious. Now we don't go by this theory of conscious, unconscious and subconscious. We go by the ego, superego and all these three structures are fluid. One interferes with the other. And mm. this is how this uh, uh, sleepwalking, the kleptomanic, these people called diseased people. So Sarla, the question is, how can one have a theory for dreams at all? Because it's such a subjective thing, right? I mean, the the meaning of... Mind is subjective. No, that's fine. So which is which is why the question is, how can one have a theory for it? So if all the three, all the four of us dream of mm-hmm. us, you know, climbing up a tree, it, it might mean very different things for all of us. So when you, when, when somebody recounts a dream to you, you need to know a hell of a lot for, no, for yeah. you to be able I, to interpret it. I got it. to know the whole background of that patient first. Because a dream is a story you are telling to yourself that you don't know about yourself. Mm-hmm. So it is subjective. The mm-hmm. interpretation is subjective. And before uh, we interpret a dream of any person, we got to know the whole lot of the background of that person. Without which you can't do Now, a lot of experience, I can say that like uh, in the morning only when I was looking at her uh, pictures, I could make out some of the point. uh, Was that the feeling when you draw it? And she agreed to that. But Hmm. that is because of my experience, because I don't know her background. Hmm. Hmm. And Hmm. moreover, paintings are not dream. They are dream-like, but not dream. It is one of the symbolic formation of dream that you are depicting in the picture. And she feels released. When she paints, she feels in a trance-like state, not dreamy state. It is a trance-like state. And when that conflict is resolved, she has that aha experience. It's like that. What's the difference? How do you distinguish between trance-like and dream-like? Trance-like state means she is aware she is not dreaming. She is aware because she is mixing the color, the proportion of the color, where to stroke the colors, all that. She is doing it consciously. Whereas in dream, you are not aware of all these functions. Hmm. And is it possible to, in the somewhat long run, Biren, is it possible to wire one's head up and know what one is dreaming? What's your take on the content question? Because clearly there is there is some kind of an equivalent of visual perception going, however brief it might be. Would you agree with that? Certainly, yes. See, for that matter, that is what I started with. When we talk about dreaming, we are talking about certain level of thoughtfulness. 
Mm-hmm. It is like, think of a moment, all of us have seen a rose. Right. But we can create a rose picture here now, even without the content, without subjective being here. Yes. It is sort of a hologram. So, so far in the physical science, mm-hmm. we can think of it is like a hologram, 3D picture in air. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if that is happening with our eyes closed, we can think of that even if our eyes closed. Only thing our brain is so conscious, what we say, we are awake at that point in time. But then we are time. equating dreaming and imagining. Absolutely. That but is what I am coming to. Are they equivalent? Who will say that? Yeah, sure. I am <laughs> saying that it is possible analogous to it. Mm-hmm. If it is analogous, mm-hmm. possibly they are, provided we know what is imagination. Right. <laughs> at this stage, so it is becoming a circular, psych- loop. circular loop. We are yes. not knowing. If we know how is the imagination or neural system of imagination working, then only we can think of whether dream is happening that one. Either we can prove it or disprove it. But first thing, we have to know that. That is what is experimental science. Otherwise, we can think of it. We keep That's on fair. giving an explanation, whatever we can. But without that type of thought process, no experiment can take place. Therefore, I think the type of imagination we think, somewhere those trigger starts in a state of dreams or a REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Therefore, throughout REM sleep, you don't dream. You dream in fragments. Mm. Why do we get it? Possibly, you have limbic circuits mm-hmm. which gets triggered. That is what is giving a flipping thing. Mm-hmm. And that gets into REM on neurons. And I have tried to sort of explain there, but a lot needs to be done. Mm. We are just touching into possibly such things are happening. So I would think that way. Uh, possibly if I am given a free hand and that is what I am talking to my clinical friends, possibly by uh, PET scanning and perhaps possibly by fMRI, possibly we would be able to know that, okay, these neurons are getting more active during this type of dream. And I am sure in next 25 to 50 years, we would know a lot, though we may or may not know the ultimate But next 25 to 50 years, we would know a lot because the technology has improved so much that you can do things in a non-invasive way on humans. Right, right. I would think. But then for that, the type of studies the basic scientists are doing, this is more important because it helps you to reach towards that. This is the path. So that is an interesting question there which I'll come to. So Sarla, is it fair to say that a dream is always emotional in some way that it has got it, an effective tint effective tint, effective tint, tint to it. but uh, when you are dreaming there is no effect what does that mean when you are dreaming it's a simple pictorial pictography there is no effect but when you are so elaborating there, dream then there is effect so which means that if if one is asleep and dreaming are there hormonal releases? Are there, there, there so if, are. if one is happy or sad, is, is dopamine getting released? Do you know what I mean? So is, are, are those things happening as well? Because that's one way to test this, right? This is well known 
that during the sleep waking states throughout mm-hmm. the hormonal release changes mm-hmm. and like growth hormone release early morning some hormones are released deep at night and all those things are happening but how do we and, correlate it to dreams is the question no to some extent we can like for example we have studied mm-hmm. by not allowing the animal to sleep Mm-hmm. then we have taken out the brain and we have seen at least in six different brain areas what is happening to noradrenaline level and what is happening to gaba level people have studied cholinergic system people have studied glutamate that's beautiful so these mm. are people are doing so mm. it is not that people are not doing mm. and nowadays even the technology has evolved to estimate close to different areas even in the human brain by doing different tests to know at least to some extent the level of neurotransmitters or their metabolites mm. so that is what i am saying that things are moving pretty fast and next 25 to 50 years we would know a lot but then yes hormonal changes it does take place and therefore for example if you are getting some changes as i was saying excitability or movement or some other disorder it is a physical thing like happiness can happiness take place or sorrowness take place without any change in hormones and all no yeah so similarly no. if you have to have this type of dream or rem sleep changes there are changes in metabolic system hormonal system that in turn is affecting your other cellular system and affecting not only your sleep your day daytime life as well i think the interesting point that sarla is making is that while one is dreaming there is no affective no it happens only when you reconstruct it or when reconstruct you reconstruct it or when you are in the transition from like rapid eye movement to lucid sleep and waking hmm. or non rapid eye movement sleep transition and then coming to rem sleep during this lucid time interval you can attached some effect to the to the pictorial thought this is how wet dreams happen mm. this is how nightmares happen punishing dream happens anxiety mm. dream happens but that is not actually the dream it it is the dream fantasy that happens in the lucid time interval right right the the after effect of the pictorial dream remains in the mind and then one starts attaching effect to that graphics and that obviously degrades away very quickly it, yes that's that's really this is how one wakes up after that the moment you start attaching effect to the dream you wake up it's like hypnopompic or hypnogogic hypnagogic and hypnopompic that's yes. interesting that is why it is called hallucination because it is not the normal hallucination it happens during that lucid sleep hours only so have you had instances sarla where somebody has not slept for days and weeks yes, and months i have many patients those who don't sleep when yes. they don't sleep they become very aggressive or they become hypomanic sexually mm. so sleeping is a must for them before i can sit with them for a dialogue why he is doing what he is doing but what if i'm a chronic insomniac and i just can't go to sleep oh for so. them you got to talk to them to relax them what is actually actually that is not very effective but effective in the sense when i talk to them what is keeping you so awake there is either anxiety insecurity some fear so you go on talking to them them and them because i have many such cases patient thinks that i am doing miracle to them but it is not a miracle while talking to them then they will ask me please keep quiet for some time i want to relax okay you relax 
and there are time in my chamber that when I have to ask the family members, please come and take her. He will not wake up for next three, four, five hours. You take the patient with you. Because mm-hmm. it is only by talking to some of their conflicting, dangerous thoughts which they are unable to manage. When I talk about those things to them, then they sleep automatically. And then they would like to talk more and more about those areas. And this is how mental diseases are cured. Because you have to make them travel beyond time and space. You have to go to that level where they were affected, work out, live through the experience and come back to the present state. This is how therapies takes time. Because every time in a controlled situation, you have to take the patient to that level and have to bring them back again to make workable. So what is an impossible dream? Like what what, what are you not able to analyze? What there is, are what many is difficult? Dreams, many dreams that are in my dictionary. It is not impossible dream, but I am unable to work out maybe because of my own difficulties in that area or because of the so intense difficulty on the part of the patient that I was unable to work or I cannot work. Mm. So uh, during that time, I have to do self-analysis. I have to work out on my own difficulty before I can help the patient out. Otherwise, that will be a stagnant position in the therapy. And And sleeping and waking is not necessarily... Entirely correlated with being conscious and unconscious, right? Would it be would it be fair to say that, Birain? Because it's not like when we are awake, there is no unconscious or subconscious process going on. Even that is going on. Um, See, to go so in, I mean, what I what I'm getting at is that is sleep hundred percent unconscious or subconscious? Is there no? Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to understand. We're trying to understand whether there is a certain degree of gradation to it. Uh, so if if one is awake, we're all awake just now. So presumably, at least a part of us is conscious and maybe some part of it is unconscious uh-huh. or subconscious. But when we're asleep, are we definitely not awake? If you know what I mean, does that make any sense to any of you? Yeah. See, the point, the way I would like are to... We ast- so when we're asleep, are we 100% subconscious or unconscious? Okay. The way I would like to put it across here, whenever we are talking about conscious, subconscious, unconscious, and whatever term we use, these are some terminologies and there are subjective way to explain. Sure. Do we have any objective way to explain what it is? So far, we do not. Therefore, it is difficult if we try to enter into an objective definition and classification. But as long as we are talking about a philosophic sense or psychological sense, it is fair enough. Yes. No, it's there is no point in questioning that because we are saying awake when somebody is not in subconscious mind. That is, the wakefulness is overriding the subconscious feeling or subconscious state. It is overriding. It is not even throwing it out. This is what I said, the noise and the signal. Right. Here, when the noise level is coming up, the signal is going down because the signal is so low. It depends on what we talk about signal is 
how the neurons are interacting with them, be it a synaptic potential, be it an action potential, or even neuronal glial interaction. This is there all across. Now, when the physical inputs are coming, including suppose I am sleeping, when we say so-called you are unconscious, you don't say unconscious because you are not anesthetized. Yes. But then you because are... Because if there's a loud sound, I would wake you up. You would wake up. So the thresholds, Why should, those thresholds exactly. go up. So what is this threshold? Mm. That is the noise level is overriding the other inputs. Mm. That is fair way to know and you can very well demonstrate that. Mm. That this is what is the EEG state and you can do even the stimulus response there. But, and then this is what comes into the role of reticular activating system which is in the brainstem and when the input is going through non-specific neural pathway to all over the cortical system. Right. And that is maintaining the level when an input from outside or even blood pressure, sure. if it shoots up, sure. it will change. Sure. But if that is effectively remains in a deactivated state, therefore we go down to sleep. Therefore, from waking, that would be the mechanism from waking to going into non-REM sleep. Therefore, it is not a flipping. Mm. However, from non-REM sleep to REM sleep, it could be a snap. snap could be, not necessarily has sure. to be. Sure. Therefore, this, at least the science has evolved into a state. You can objectively define them and I can show you that. Mm. So the, I think that's where I want to go to you, Tara, because if when you're in a trance-like state or pick your word for it, one has to be careful about these things. Is it effortful for you to be there? Or are you always slipping out of that state? Or do you have, or equally, the converse question could be that do you have to exert a lot of effort to come out of that state? So, it, no, it's really interesting for me to listen to uh, yeah. the way everybody from their point of view is seeing it. Yeah. I mean, my experience uh, is very much like there are these states of consciousness, which is very deep unconscious, subconscious, being conscious. And I feel that they're fluid and I feel one goes from one to the other in a fluid way. Mm -hmm. That's my sense of these things. But uh, how long... And, and so, when, and when I, it usually it usually happens when I am when you know when I have like what I call for myself slow time, you know, mm -hmm. and I do that a lot in my studio. I um, kind of like I go there to work, of course, but then I kind of just stare out of the window for a long time, right? And I do nothing, kind of thing, right? And then it seems like I'm doing nothing, but I'm just like. Uh, I'm just like going to somewhere else, you know, and I'm just zoning out or just, and sometimes repetitive something. Or You're something. trying to induce desynchronization anyway, or something know? like that. And mm. then it's just like, uh, you know, then you sort of wonderfully get into it. But the snap thing also happens. It's like both. Um, but I wanted to actually take this moment to pose another thing. Please. Because um, uh, there is also like in your conscious time, I am conscious, but then another moment happens when I'm super wakeful, like a super conscious. Like, uh, and I have had a few of these moments and I want to just narrate one of them because it's yeah. a, such a defining moment in my life. Yeah, I was about 13 and uh, 
preceding this, I had um, a little concussion and, uh, you know, some there were some family troubles before my parents separated, you know, like deep-rooted uh, unsettlement. But I had this, like, experience of uh, just looking out of the window and just seeing, like, like now I was awake, you know? Like, whoever is me uh-huh. now came to the window to see it. I wasn't at the window seeing it till now. I was alive, but I wasn't at the window watching the water drops fall on the leaf and being the leaf that received the water drop and being... I don't know how to explain this. It sounds like mumbo-jumbo, right? No, but you kind of melted into... But it was like... hmm. I mean, maybe it was love or maybe it was like this... um, And you were 13. I was 13. And a few days (laughs) later, I was in a room and I was just passing to go out to play. You know, it's just like somebody's called me and I said, yeah, but I just, as passing, I saw this glass of water by the side and it was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Uh And I just sat down next to it, like mesmerized and just started drawing it and I drew it and I just remember putting the pencil down and I was like, this is my life. I woke up, you know. Mm. So what is this? Because we're talking about dreaming being unconscious and we're talking of waking being conscious. But what is this? But this is like a super waking or or is this going back to my unconscious? It's awakening. What, what is it? Because I, I never from my moment at 13 to my life now had a moment out that that wasn't the real moment, mm. you know. What happened, um, Sarla? What uh, happened there? This is actually, she is talking about the incubation. Like thoughts thoughts are getting incubated and she was hatching those thoughts. And then there is a sudden moment of that intuition. Intuition is a not a very mystic phenomena. You have been uh, hatching something for quite a long time and then suddenly an insight comes into that is called a very wide range of perception. It was there, but you never paid attention to that. It was gulfed in between your thought process. And then it suddenly comes out in the form of intuition. Like many scientific discoveries were made out of this kind of incubation and intuitions only. So it is a very, uh, if I say scientific process, it is. Because many scientists... Like he is also, Dr. Malik is also telling the subjective, objective, natural science. Mind is also an entity and it has got its own logic, its own rationality, its own uh, tool or tool and techniques and mechanism of working, maybe unlike those of natural physics, chemistry or like biological sciences. But it has its own scientific background. You cannot deny subjectivity altogether only because I cannot produce that in the laboratory. Like myself, a psychologist, I don't know how to uh, observe through the microscope or telescope. You got to have that training before you can observe uh, under it, under the microscope. Same is the case with psychoanalysis. You have to undergo to train yourself how to look into your own mind and study it. So for me, it is a very scientific process and it is, has got its own mechanism. You have to learn it, how to do it. What is psyche? What is psyche? Psyche has got a very broad range. 
we don't know many thing about that psychic processes dream is one of that but there are many others like Such premonition clairvoyance telepathy these are the thing the psychic phenomena the nature of which is still not known to me now these things can be do, done through experiments mm-hmm. like extrasensory perception telepathy and all that there are little little uh, experiments on these phenomenon but we are still not in a well articulated in these areas we are heading towards that yeah the question is what a psyche uh for today psyche means the mental processes mental processes, processes. and do we does dreaming for example if you have to go back to that does it need a substrate substrate what do you mean by does substrate? it need a brain does it need a body of course you can ex- express a quality through a medium only so mm. you got to have a structure before you can understand what mind is because you cannot understand a quality in vain like in open even if you have to understand say for example the color the hue of the color you have to pass it through the prism and only then you will understand the different shades of the color same is the case with uh mind or mental processes also you got to have a structure before the mind can act on something like this is the lump of clay you want to make a statue out of it the clay has to be there a statue is your own but the clay has to be there sure how penetrable is it let's end with this how penetrable is it in the next 500 years 1000 years whenever and whichever discipline one might tap or whatever ever the intuition might come from is it a way of fiddling with the dream is is there a way of it is somehow not really fiddling intru- with the dream it is exactly say for 100 years from now because we have taken 150 years to digest this phenomena of unconscious mm. and yet not digested properly sure. this is the one root from where we can start to explain other psychic phenomena like telepathy premonition because the next leap of the cerebral cortex will be in the mental world and not in the structural morphological change <laughs> this is what we are expecting actually what's the future brain what's the future of um, understanding of some of these phenomena what do you feel optimistic about what do you feel is very difficult see the point is when we talk about these th- i have said the in yes. one of, uh, earlier also generally knowledge we have two concepts whether the material has come first or the thought process in the sense whether the cup shape has come first and then you have designed or the thought process this is an eternal question however but they could be looped into each other i mean they right but then whenever you talk about a loop at least one has to think of either one has come first or both has evolved simultaneously now if two things have evolved simultaneously why did they segregate so those are philosophic question that still we are grappling with but one thing common can we have something or any thought process or any evolution without a materialistic gain materialistic substance yeah which possibly is not still that can be debated and argued even i may not be that knowledgeable but i know that much if we think that way then as uh, sarla has said brain has to be there and a living brain has to be there than a dead brain so material has to be there 
but a living brain has to be there yeah. <laughs> to evolve certain things. Now, even if we are talking about is, then the question might come, what is living and non-living? Now, even if we talk about living, do we have to have a brain like a human brain with one billion neurons with 10 to the power 14 synaptic connections or a cockroach brain where defined number of neurons are there or even one neuron is there that will dream? These are questions. Now, in order to answer these things, this cannot be done hypothetical. We the brain understands or the human being understands based on our own knowledge. There again, we have certain component of how much we know the basal knowledge. So and there, brain, let me ask you a question. Let me finish. Yeah. That, hold on your question. There will not be any difference than an artist or a psychoanalyst to a basic scientist. Yeah, sure. Because it is a concept. Yes. But then the moment we talk about concept, it can have interpretation of different type. Yes. There we differ. If the interpretation differs for the same uh, disease, you cannot have multiple drugs. Sure. That is the different part. And therefore, you can have a poetry written by somebody. I can have Premchand will interpret in one way. I may have a very different way of interpretation. That is what it will differ. And if we have so then there is a component of evolution of technology to understand that. Let me ask a question and we'll maybe go and do that same and end with you, Tara. Um, it's specific, but it's speculative. People do die in their sleep uh, and we dream, we dream while sleeping. Is it possible to dream and die? Like, is it possible to die midway while dreaming? Do you know what I mean? So one is asleep and presumably one can die while one is asleep. Is it possible to die while dreaming? Hypothetically, yes, it is possible. And possibly this is what is a near-death syndrome. And there is even a society in US, there is a near-death syndrome. And therefore, the 40 Part of this, there is a chapter or the article which uh, Istvan Bokon from Hungary and mm. I have written there. That's a great point. Right. So it is there and it will be, I do not know exactly if somebody has commented on it, but somebody most often has commented on, on surgical bed. And yes, somebody has gone into a dark and then Milky Way and something and the surgeon has pronounced somebody dead and it has come back. These are experienced are there. Now, whether somebody is dying while dreaming or non-dreaming, this very specific question, I, I do not It's a speculative know. question. Yes. Where are you on that, Sarla? Is it possible to die while dreaming? The, the, the dictionary dreaming? No. You can fantasize about your death and can die. If you can think to that deep level, you so can everyone who has died in their sleep so far in the history of this planet that, yeah. has not been dreaming at that moment. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Of course, about it's that. a Where are you on that, Tara? And we'll end with that. I really can't say. I mean, I, I don't think it's likely. I don't know. That's my gut feeling. That why? Because you're. Why do you have that gut feeling? I, my gut feeling is that. Uh, it's it's creative the making of the dream something is happening or something and it's like 
and then the body would like to finish that moment. It's like mm. it's like the moment of clicking a shot in a camera. It's, you yeah. know, you just want to click it. You won't leave your hand in between. You click it and die. This is my country. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like uh, no, before dying, you if you are at the deathbed of somebody, you will always see that they they are talking about their old dead ancestrals coming to receive them and all that. That and from there only they understand that it is the time for them to go. But this is not dreaming. Well, they are thinking about it. Yeah. So it is possible to die while thinking. But while dreaming or not, I'm not sure about That's fine. That's fine. That's a good note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it. And we look forward to having you soon again. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you. Much.